Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. This one is a Geekscape special. If this is your first Geekscape, we usually talk movies, video games, comic books, TV, all the pop culture stuff that your brain can handle. This week, though, is going to be special. We are talking in this episode about Matt Reeves' very impressive The Batman. Ian and I saw it. We have very different thoughts about it, but I think we both walk away from it thinking, wow, that was really impressive. Um, and that is awesome. I love discussing this stuff with Ian. If you're watching over Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or maybe you're dropping those resumes over on our live stream at LinkedIn, um, go ahead and be part of the conversation. I'm seeing your, uh, chats. Let us know what you thought of the Batman. Ask, ask us questions about, um, maybe Batman mythology or how this stacks up, uh, story-wise, some of the other Batman that we've seen on screen. There's a lot to talk about. Ian's a little bit under the weather, but we're going to carry him through this uh, because he has a very, very, very valuable insight to the character. And um, we, whoa, I, I literally, I hit one button and I disappeared. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> Man, the wonders of live streaming. All right. No more. That was the Riddler's fault. Uh, okay. Live streamers. Let's get this thing going. Geekscapers. All right, Geekscapists, welcome back to the show. Not just yourselves, but me. Um, I hit one button, I think, on StreamYard, and it was like, oh, you want to leave the studio? Here we go. Kick out of the studio. So maybe the Riddler's taking control of the StreamYard studio, if you're watching live. Um, But I do want to throw out a warning, not just to the Riddler, but to all of you who have not seen Matt Reeves' The Batman, uh, we're going to be getting pretty heavy in spoiler territory. So please, um, if you have not seen it, uh, you may want to dip out. Before you do, I want to go ahead and tell you all that I am going to have um, Batman film executive producer uh, Michael Uzlan on the show this week as well. Um, so be ready for that. I don't quite know if I'm going to stream it or not. I have solicited questions on our Geekscape Forever Facebook page. So if you have questions for Michael about the Batman films, he's been a, a part of all of them. Um, please post them on our Geekscape Forever Facebook page. 
I'll bring them up. If Michael's okay with me live streaming the show, I will absolutely live stream it tomorrow around three o'clock Pacific Standard Time is when I'm sitting down with Michael. I'll just run the live stream past and be like, hey, are you cool with the geeks being a part of this conversation? And maybe he will be, maybe he won't. It's okay. Uh, but you definitely want to subscribe to the podcast to get that episode. It will not have spoilers. Um, I will avoid spoilers from Matt Reeves, the Batman on the Michael Uzlan episode. So go ahead and feel free to listen to that one uh, until you've seen the Batman. Then come back and listen to this one. Okay. Uh, okay. Enough dilly dallying. You've been warned about the spoilers. Let's get Ian in here. Um, Ian has been poisoned by the Riddler. Is that right, Ian? Maybe. <laughs> Dude, I'm really sorry you're under the weather, man. Yeah, thanks. Sucks. Yeah, remember the Hawkeye episode where I was like, I actually muted myself a couple times to cough, and then I had to like, I mean, I was, the the allergies in Austin were killing me on that Hawkeye episode. Yeah, yeah, we we thought your head was going to (laughs) explode. It was a worse product for it. I apologize to the Geeks Gabus. When you're doing one or two shows a week for 15 years, sometimes you're just going to catch that. All right, um, Ian, let's get into this Matt Reeves of the Batman, a movie that I think we both equally think is impressive uh performance wise i think that the cinematography is incredible i, I want to call something out but, to, to the geeks yeah, go out there um go for it back to the very first one you know our rule used to be to not discuss things at all and, and I, step forward ian please sorry sorry yeah, our, our rule yeah, used right. to be to, to not um discuss you know, things before we reviewed them and you know we don't go into deep dives but sometimes like you know maybe there'll be some comments or something like that and you came out with, as I called it, a typically snarky comment, you know? So I'm actually well, happy to you, hear. You would expect snark from I, I, That's exactly what I said. Um, so That should be, not be a surprise to anyone here. No, no, but I'm happy to hear because I, I, I wasn't, because of the snark, I wasn't expecting your acknowledgement that it's a great film. I know no, I don't, that you had some I don't tonal issues is. with it. I have a lot of issues with it. We have a lot of issues. Oh yes, um, I the, the the reason I think that this movie is really impressive, and I've always liked Matt Reeves. I, I haven't liked all of his movies, uh, and I do find his characters, including in this film, usually like emotionally inaccessible. And I think in this film you have Bruce the loner, and I think that's by design. And I think Robert Pattinson does a great job. And I look forward to where that goes in the sequel because the last ten minutes of the movie are actually my favorite parts of the Batman sure. because he, you start to see a character turn towards this but um you know cloverfield i felt was emotionally inaccessible i never got into cloverfield because it was it was a it was like huge big bang kaiju stuff with characters that i didn't know why they were continually being motivated to do what they were doing okay with 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 have you ever seen a big kaiju movie that you had characters that you really (laughs) yes yes i have they wanted to get the hell out of the city instead of chase after a girl that fucking dumped them (laughs) i thought that was silly um with apes, I, I honestly think that those the best performances are Circus's performance. Andy Circus in the Apes movie, fantastic. fantastic. Well, they really build uh, out Caesar in those movies. He's fantastic. Um, in this one, like I really felt like for the three hours of the Batman, I'm watching basically a clenched fist, and I'm waiting for it to open up. And as I'm watching this film, I'm not relating to it. I'm not connecting with the characters. I'm not finding a lot of heart in it. It's there's not a lot of joy in it. There's lots of humor that I think is a lot of fun, thumb drive, but um, I'm just waiting for it to open up. I'm waiting for it, like me to be able to uh, like access these characters. 
Uh, and I never found that. And towards the end, I think those last couple of shots where day starts to break in a Gotham that is so dark, the mm-hmm. cinematography is so dark. When day starts to break in the end of this film, in Bruce, and this is a major spoiler. If you haven't seen the video, the movie, and you're watching this, I'm talking about the ending. Uh, he and Selena, uh, you know, they agree to go their different ways because he's a man of Gotham and he's become more of a man of Gotham as he's seen some of the mistakes. Maybe even a Batman he, of Gotham. He's made. Yeah. And Bruce realizes that he can't just be Batman. And I think that's kind of the lesson of the movie and I get it. Um, I mean, I think that, that, that is, is absolutely the point. I think yeah, that I think, I think the next movie is the, what I'm saying. I think that the next movie is the movie that Jonathan really wants to see where he starts absolutely. to deal with the duality, the duality of Bruce Wayne versus Batman. Whereas this one doubled down so much on the Arkham, Asylum, Rocksteady Games, brutal Batman, that I was like, ooh. I think it's fair to say that your take before seeing the movie was, do we even need another Batman movie? No, not true. I would no. have jumped at a, I would have jumped at a Lego Batman movie, which I well, think is fun okay, because fine. it plays with that. Um, and and I do think that there's need at this point where we've seen a lot of loner Batman films, and I'm not talking about the Schumacher <laughs> attempt at this stuff. And we'll talk about what we want to see in a future Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get show. to that later. But, but, I, but, I, but I think I think I want to see a Bat Family film with the Robins. Yeah, absolutely. Different, so we're going to talk about it now? Know? No, no. Let, let, let's okay. start with what you thought of the movie. Because you texted – because I, I think as much as you say we haven't talked about the movie, we usually don't talk about the movies ahead of time. You broke that when you said just right out of the bat after seeing it, the premiere, you said it's a masterpiece. To which yeah. when I walked out of the theater, I said – well, Ian, list five other masterpieces because I did not believe this was a you masterpiece. You actually said ten. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, can you list five? Probably, but I, I don't – it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I don't like – I'm not a list person. Um, <laughs> no, neither am I. Here's the thing. From the very first trailer, from everything I heard, you know, the movie for me delivered everything it promised to, to be. Mm. Am I saying it was definitely, you know – everything I want to see, not necessarily, but I did think we've never, we've never really seen the dark Knight detective cinematically. Yes. That I put in the positive in the opening scenes where he is playing detective after the murder of the mayor. That is where I'm like, okay, that's going in my positive column is that he's absolutely 100% a detective in this film. You know, one review I read that didn't like it, and call, actually called out, I gave the reviewer the credit for saying, you know, I get that I'm not a comic book person, you know, but, you know, and it's maybe a question when you were introduced to Batman and, you know, someone that, you know, was introduced and grew up on the 60s show, you know, and they want, and you've said similar things, like it's so bleak and they want some of that light, you know, there are actually people, I can't believe this, but there are actually people that like the Schumacher films, you know, because they're a little, you know, bright colors and all that, you know, and the thing is, I get that. I'm a, I grew up on the 60s show also, but I'm a comic book person, you know? And like, I know that the 60s show was this fluky thing that actually then colored the comics for a bit, you know? I mean, there have been analyses done on those first four movies. You know, you could talk to Oslan about this, about that each one supposedly represented a different decade in the comics and that kind of thing. I, I've seen it said, whatever, you know, but my take is I look at this and this is exactly what Batman is before Dick Grayson comes around, you know? Yeah. And this is, ex- what, yeah. and this is exactly what the, he's the dark Knight detective and down to, I mean, something you've never really seen is 
Gordon calls him in and he comes in and the other cops are grumbling, oh, he's here. And even how he's walking down the hall and they're getting out of the way and they're all uncomfortable. I mean, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, even the scene, you know, at the jail and him busting out, with that was, I mean, it was fucking great. I like the uh, sequence right after he's busted out and he fails to use his squirrel suit properly yeah. and he gets wrecked and, by and, a bus. And I by was the way, howling. It's only that, was, that was a very funny scene. Yeah. yeah. And he's actually, and he's actually still afraid. It's like, Oh shit. Because it's kind of real, you know? Um, I, I like mean, that he gets his ass beat multiple times in this movie. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, listen, the fight, you know, you know, I have, you know, a, a fight background and um, you have the, a fight presence, the fight, it's not just a background, the fight choreography. I mean, it's, you know, it's brutal, it's real, but I mean, it all felt within, you know, the realm of like, this This can happen. This isn't superhuman. Yeah. It's driven. He's not superhuman. He's trained, you know, but I mean, he's he's fighting, you know, the way, I mean, honestly, the way, you know, trained fighters fight, you know, that have you know, major tactical experience, you know, Throwing I mean. people at each, at other people to create space. Absolutely, and all exactly, I, exactly. This is where, in the film. It's literally I what like, I've been trained to do. Yeah. Well, yes, you've beat me up many times off camera. So Geekscape has just known that this is an an abusive relationship in more ways than one. He doesn't just yell at me on my own show. He beats me up a lot. Um, I'm training, uh, but I'm training Garrett to be my ward and he's going to defend me. So so, uh, Ian, like that, that's where I kind of wanted the cinematography to have a little bit more color palette and range that I could see a lot of this stuff happening. Like the Bats and the Furious chase scene. I wanted that to have, I wanted to be able to see a wider spectrum of, tones and colors used in this film it is very narrow in its delivery and if you don't like the taste of the those first 10 minutes or those that first hour what whereas jonathan's waiting for hour two you you, you, you do know that the colors of the film is a close personal friend of mine right yes and oh and what they were asked to do they did very well but there's not a lot of range to it and it doesn't really open up throughout the film other than those last 10 minutes that we talked about really promising that in future installments Bruce will make major strides in as a character because this one stays very close. This one stays very narrow yeah. and writes a very well, well, narrow line. And by the way, I, and you're exactly right. This was meant to stay. He, it, it's. I think it's showing who he is and what he's about. And that color palette is exactly about that. And at the end, it opens up. Um, Dave Cole, who colored it, actually just. Did I send you this po- the post? Uh, maybe I didn't send you. I'll send it to you. You send me. Um, you send me things he, he, that Dol- Dolby, sent you. He, he's doing a, an interview. Um, Dolby's asking to do an interview discussing the color choices in the movie. Um, he also mm-hmm. colored uh, Dune. So yes, who was shot by the same cinematographer. Exactly. And whereas Dune had that massive palette to it, mm-hmm. and had the darks and the lights, so you can't can't really avoid that with the deserts uh, and things like that. Um, I felt like this movie did not show the range that. I was like, wow, Dune shows so so much scope in the range. This one has an intimacy to the shadows and the darkness that after an hour, I wanted some changes. Um, I, and I wanted to see Bruce develop. I wanted to see more Bruce, actually, well, personally. Well, that's, and that's just it. The yeah. idea here is Bruce Wayne in this movie doesn't exist. And I mean, and what I like so much about that is, you know, anyone that reads the comics, you know, you always, everyone always says that Bruce Wayne is the mask for Batman. And Superman is the mask for Clark Kent, right? Sure. Like, it's always been the thing. Like, Superman, he really is Clark Kent. And, you know, Batman's attitude is Bruce Wayne's an identity. I have it. And he has, you know, stuff in place that if he ever has to, he'll lose that identity and take a different one, you know? So I like the idea that here we are in year two and that, you know, he came out 
you know, initially the first year we didn't need to see it because all it was was just being Batman and brutal and and it's not working. And so let's get into the bigger picture of the movie. The idea ultimately, enough people are talking about social change throughout the movie. You know, um, Alfred, mayoral candidate, the mayor, you know, um, saying, that, you know, Selena, yeah. Yeah, you, you can do more as Bruce Wayne. You're a fucking billionaire. There's social programs and he's not interested because and this is what I like about that, because to me, it resonates as true that the guy that devoted his whole life to punishing criminals to vengeance would not be thinking about social you know, justice and that kind of thing and what he can do with the money. I buy that. I get that. And I like that the idea that the movie is, has to open his eyes to it. And ultimately between just people saying it and then realizing, and he has a responsibility and I'm sure you don't watch billions. Do you? I don't, but I'm about to say a scene from the film that really resonated with me. Um, well, well, the reason that I brought show, it up that is because, that span, yeah. they, because there, you know what? There's a responsibility. His billions of dollars, and by not overlooking it, they're able to use this fund to do horrible things and all this corruption. It's you know, yeah, geeks keep his father's name is is on 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 this fund, and he's not. But his father has developed the fund, and in being absent as Bruce, he's let this fund go to people like Falcone in the corrupt police force who who are using it for all sorts of stuff, and he's been kind of an absent-minded home. Keeper, the belief uh, is organized uh, crime went away. Absent, they just hit absent, it. not absent-minded, right? Yeah. And whereas he thought that the mayor was doing a good job and that the police were doing a good job and all right. these people were doing a good job, everyone's uh, dirty. The, Rid- the Riddler kind of wakes him up to the fact that no, these people are all dirty. We're on the same side, Batman. Like you need to wake up to all this. And Bruce Wayne's guilty because he's absent, whereas his father set this thing up. And when his father died, these mobsters came in, and the mobsters arguably killed him so they could come in and cash in on this fund that he set up and what the other thing that goes in my positive column is that we have the philanthropist wayne's and that bruce is not the philanthropist in this movie his father right, was not yet he needs and to when, learn to be and he needs to learn to take this philanthropy back by the reins and start doing well by the city the scene that i was going to say earlier these two scenes was when he goes to the mayor's funeral and he and he sees the the poor dude who's like my daughter died or something bad happened to this poor guy and then later in the attack on Gotham Square Garden or whatever's happening with the snipers, he am I wrong, Ian, that that is the same character that he sees earlier from the funeral? And he realizes like, hey, this guy turned no, to crime. Exactly right. Yeah, this that's guy exactly turned to right. crime because this was a guy who was like down on his luck. He'd lost a family member. He'd, you know, he's trying mm-hmm. to make it yeah. here in Gotham. And now he's a criminal for the Riddler. Yeah. And yeah. And that's on me. That was a big, that was a, that was a really big moment for me in the movie for th- a three hour runtime. I wanted more of that. St- I wanted more span in this film. You know, okay. you know so I, I, I actually like that even though, you know, three hours, like at the end of the movie, they don't actually have to come out and say it. It's just all there that this evolution has happened. And by the end, and you talked about like what he's and doing. And I'm glad they didn't it. say it. Yeah. I'm but, also glad that he didn't vocally say yeah, that. that. Don't that's, say that's that. Don't, they don't say yeah. that now he has to be the front. all that. It's all there. It's in the DNA of the movie. It's clear. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's him opening his eyes and realizing it. And again, even when you said it about Lucina, it's like, no, his job is just starting. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we both shared the article um, discussing uh, the Joker, which we need to get into. But, you know, in the decisions to they cut one of the Joker scenes, one of them they left in um, and how that resonated with the end of the film in terms of him, whether he should have left with Catwoman. 
But, and that's just it. It's just among the reasons where I was like, his job is just starting. He's, mm-hmm. He hasn't done what he needs to do. Um, not even and, close. And he has a responsibility. And if anything, he's, he's acknowledging that being the absent philanthropist, the absent billionaire, has allowed these people to That's start right. and, becoming a thing. And like, I like that. that they've never done he's that not before, really but... the Riddler in this movie. He's no, not no. really... Uh, he's, uh, he's Oz, not really the Penguin in this movie. He, he, but now that there's a power vacuum, people like Oswald Cobblepot are going to... But also, it. and because of that fund and his neglect, he actually has some personal responsibility here. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think that's an interesting motivating factor that you, they've never had before. And I so like why that. can't you give us more Bruce in this film? And there's a, there's one sequence in the film that I think I would have liked to have an earlier scene for, and then to see Bruce's choice to go through that hurdle and go over that hurdle. There's a scene in the movie where Bruce starts to realize, and this is in, in like you were thinking Court of Owls throughout this sequence. I yeah. know you were, because it's such a cool history of the Waynes and the arc. I, I was waiting for, the, for them the entire movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just wanted I, to see. I, honestly, and that, that's what, that's what, that, I want that in the sequel. <laughs> I would like the Court of Owls in the sequel or the third film, sure. I, and they, they definitely set it up by showing that the Arkham's and the Waynes are the two big financial families. That but by the way, the, the one, my biggest issue with the film is was no reason to make Martha and Arkham. Yes. And I feel that doing that, you, you, they've undermined the Kate Kane relationship, whether they were going to go there or not, doesn't matter whether they ever would have referenced it or not. doesn't matter. Um, to, to be clear in the comics, Martha Wayne's maiden name is Martha Kane and right. Kate Kane is her niece who becomes that one. So yeah, and and here I, I didn't love the. It was a little messy. The whole Thomas Wayne hiring Falcone to scare, um, a you know a, a reporter, and then Falcone goes yeah, too I, I far and kills him. Yeah. Um. So that that kind of writing I thought was a little messy. I got to tell you, I'll love anything John Turturro does. If John Turturro was like, "Hey, Jonathan, you want to pay twenty bucks to watch me eat a cardboard awesome. box for money?" I would do it immediately because I think I loved. I love seeing his performance. Um, I, I love. I love that they made Falcone uh, Catwoman's father. I love that we got you know, the. Uh, I love that Halloween. we got a, a lot of. I love that we got the Tim Sale scratches down the side of his face. Yeah, yeah. Long um, Halloween, yeah. Because the Long Halloween stuff is present. There's not as big a rogue gallery, obviously, no. as in Long Halloween, but, but, which but, but, is like a, twelve rogues every month. Right. Which honestly, when I heard that it was going to be an inspiration for the film, I was excited for the detective aspect, but I was worried it would be too much. There, it's a lot of packing in a film. Well, yeah. you know what? This film felt very long to me and they could have put more in it. It's very plot heavy to me. Like it's very much a plot heavy detective story, A to B to C to D, follow yes. the clues. But, but, but that's I don't, what, that's I don't what think a true was, detective story should be. Right. But I don't, but I feel like some of that came at the expense. Some of the, the brooding is like, well, don't put as much brooding in this and just give us character. Give us character choices instead of characters sitting there. And so one of the one example I give is, Wayne Manor, which is Wayne Manor is insane in this movie. It's something that is there's no way it makes code, right? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy and dark. But later in the film, when he's as I'm saying, he was starting to get into the mystery of his father and this philanthropy and the, uh, his father's history. He has to access this room that is very dramatic. It's a room in Wayne Manor that has chains around the door, <laughs> and he probably hasn't been in this room since he was a child. And the pain well, that, of his that's father's the death. point. He's chained it to keep people out because he wants to preserve mm-hmm. it. He pushes into this room, and when he does, we'd never, as viewers, we'd never seen this room before. I would have loved to have seen Bruce 
ponder that room, but to pass that room and understand like, I'm not like whatever is inside of me is not ready to go into that room. Whatever is in that room that I haven't seen in X number of years, I'm not ready for that. And then to see Bruce make that step to enter that room, which has huge symbolic significance, I think is that one of some of those character choices, I wish this film had been populated with a bit more to see, okay, Bruce was a, at certain parts of the film, he has now made the decisions to become B in multiple facets and I feel like uh, there were only a few facets, whereas that personal thing of opening this door that was very hard for me to ever enter and has been sealed off and obviously represents my internal sealing off. Um, it's important. Having just that imagery of the door earlier would have been nice. And I think that they spend a lot of that real estate on style brooding in spectacle. There's a lot of beautiful spectacle in this film yeah. and a lot of these action set set pieces um alfred is a, is the relationship that ideally gives us some of that heart to bruce there were parts where i felt like alfred was there just to tell the audience hey don't expect a whole lot of bruce wayne in this movie <laughs> i'm gonna tell bruce i was gonna tell like batman like hey can you do a little less batman and a little bit more bruce and then and then we're just basically telling the audience don't i feel the scene in the hospital here. definitively shows that bruce wayne is there and that he has feelings i mean he's a dick to alfred earlier and you know, I, listen, I literally had a moment and it was ridiculous to even conceive of it. But I had a mm-hmm. moment after that scene where I was like, you know, they're not doing a Spider-Man and then, gonna, then he's going to die, you know? Yeah, they can't kill Alfred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the first movie. Sure. Well, I mean, but if it was tr- if it was meant to be a standalone, you know, they could have just done it. It's, it's just a different, you know, it's a directorial take. You know, I, I never underestimate what weirdness Warner Brothers might do, you know? <laughs> or or Marvel. Ben Urich ain't coming back to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Ben Yurick's dead. I hate to tell you. Yeah. Daily Bugle's best reporter dead. Yep. <laughs> um, um, so, so the one thing that was, that overshadowed that scene, and I and I agree that it was like a scene that was attempting to give Bruce a little bit more hu- uh, humanity, was the way that Alfred ended up in that hospital bed. This is a guy who spent an entire morning translating the codex from the Riddler's handwriting, yeah, and then when a package shows up, yeah, with a package shows up with the Riddler's handwriting. Yeah. This dude just opens it. Like yeah. it's a, like, it, like, like, dude, you're watching this scene and you're like, wait, did he not just spend a morning literally trying to decipher the Riddler's codex with his handwriting? And now he gets this package that says too bad, and he opens it up and then surprisingly there's a bomb inside. Are you insane? Like, I, I mean, my, my first thought, I, I was some... thinking, I was like, all right, you know, go to the back cave, analyze the thing. I mean, something, you know? He just, they throw, I mean, they, the writing did Alfred wrong in that sequence. And I feel like that was done to give Batman a kryptonite because up to that point, he's basically just this guy who will win every fight, even though he's getting pounded on. He's impenetrable emotionally. And if not for this kind of clunky scene that was done for plot, not necessarily for story, you wouldn't have had that hospital scene. So when I got to the hospital scene, I was like, you're going to fucking lecture the guy. on not recognizing handwriting. <laughs> Alfred, you shouldn't be in this bed, dude. You're too smart a character at that point. And let's, let's not do the thing that like some TV shows do to create plot by like assassinating their characters to do that. And I felt like, like they did Alfred wrong on that writing choice. What? Whereas what? like you said, let's find another way to put Alfred in that hospital bed. And, also announced that the Riddler is 
putting its sights on Bruce as paying for the sins of his father. What did you think about the fact that Alfred wasn't the only staff? I mean, in the one sense, I went, you know, okay, you know, Wayne Manor, is a massive thing. The idea that Alfred cleans it all himself. You know, no, he's got some help. He's got some help. Yeah, but the there's other side, a, there's I'm a like, weird I mean, old lady walking yeah, around. I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, and he's drawing on the whole floor of the giant, you know, vestibule, whatever it was, or the overlook for his clues. I'm like, what the hell does she think this guy's doing? You know, <laughs> like, like uh, I mean, Master Bruce is crazy again. <laughs> like, seriously. And I guess, I mean, of course he is, you know, because he's an Arkham, you know? And, and, and by the way, and I get that was the point, you know, the point is that mental illness runs in the family. Reeves is basically saying, yeah, he's fucking crazy. Okay. Yeah. Obviously he's not a normal person. I would have liked but to But I didn't think he had to be an Arkham for him to do that. No, if they well, so Matt Reeves had that scene where uh, when he starts to, and they didn't show too much of this worry that the cops in investigating the the Riddlers kind of pointing out that Thomas Wayne had let this 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 fund go to bad. Um, Bruce starts to get a little concerned that oh my god, this is going to come back to me, and they're going to realize I'm Batman. There wasn't as prevalent in the film as I think Matt Reeves intended when he had that Joker scene, the first Joker scene where he. This is what it was going to be, Geekscape. Is he goes to Arkham, where he had already locked up the Joker, and he and it's the anniversary. To, it's like the anniversary of locking up the Joker. Right, the I expected clearly filmed. to me in year one, he dealt with the Joker and, and Red Hood, whatever, maybe, maybe not, but sure. Joker, and he put him in Arkham. And so, and so, what Matt Reeves shot, and we will probably see in a subsequent release of this film mm-hmm. in a Blu-ray or maybe theatrically. Yeah, he goes and he wants to understand the Joker so that he can understand the Riddler, but. Matt Reeves. They, it they sounded took it like out, a I very think. Hannibal Lecter-like scene from yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Like, go and ask and the crazy person what the other crazy person, you know, is doing. And he removed it because the Riddler, the, the Joker scene that we do have, it, he, you know, it, it he has a pretty good reason in that in the Variety article that you sent me for having removed the scene. Um, I think that anything that gives us a little bit more Bruce in this film would have helped would have really helped um you know, Daniel seeing and, him and kind of said the matt reeves cut five hours i'd watch it <laughs> i know you would uh andrea hammond also said some really good stuff she said um i, th- I think she says he's not a character who gets a happy ending i don't think that's true and i think that if you if you think that it, that this character has to only be one thing you're kind of disregarding a lot of 80 years of a character i mean um, no i think, I think this is a very I think there's a very dynamic character and I think there's a lot of things to do with this character and do them successfully. I don't mean it has to be whip bam pow to be happy. Right. Um, I think that stuff can be done successfully. Um, but I think once we started getting down this realistic road that Nolan put us on, how much further can we dig this and get more and more realistic where the push and pull on this character shows that a lot of this stuff kind of starts to fall apart. The further you dig, um andrea says is it kryptonite alfred's role in this film or is it an attempt to make bruce show heart no i think in this movie in in this sequence that i'm talking about they have alfred act dumb simply to give bruce weakness and to show like that and and i think there are other ways to have done it um where you didn't have to make alfred suddenly forget what the riddler's handwriting was well by the way package that was clearly a bomb here's the thing is it could have been an explosion that hurt Alfred, but the, he was trying to find a way to make it about the Riddler and the whole thing, you know, the, the kitchen yeah. Riddler thing. That That's sure. the problem, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I guess the problem then would have been you know, someone else got killed, but if there's other staff, let someone other idiot on the staff do it. 
you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody's, so, everybody you know, survives Joe Blow, the person something. on the staff opens it up, it, it blows up, and Alfred's nearby and he gets hurt too and almost dies. Yeah. That would have worked better for me. I was literally so, thinking like, well, Alfred's not going to open it, right? My thoughts, yeah, I did not believe that Alfred was going to open that. I still don't believe Alfred, the the Andy Circus Alfred that they created, who is very thoughtful and very much running all of Wayne Enterprises, would have done that. I think there was something in the fresh berries he offered to Bruce that makes you survive blast to the face because Bruce also survives an explosion to the face <laughs> when the DA's head pops off and, and gets blown up. I'm like... Everybody's just surviving blast of the face from Wayne Manor. It is the fresh berries. I think so. Okay. And they missed a, a sponsorship opportunity on that one. Are you putting fresh berries in any of your workout regimens, Ian? Um, yeah, I try to eat some blueberries every day. Okay. That'll save you from an explosion to the face if the Riddler comes around. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Dan Big Yank says the Matt Reeves cut five hours. I This, this felt like five hours for me. I think you loved it. I, I felt, I remember looking at my watch two hours in going like, you know, okay, just still going. I was like, yeah, this is interesting. I'm, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. This seemed to exist very much. It, it, the fighting and the gangs and this stuff really, I love that it was long Halloween. I like the influence of long Halloween. Um, again, I think the plot heavy stuff and story shallow stuff is what hurt me. The inaccessibility to some of the characters hurt me. That being said, the performances, we got to talk about how good they are and how Zoe Kravitz fantastic. really is the highlight for this yeah, film. But, but everyone is fantastic in it. I think Colin Farrell, my good running buddy, Colin Farrell, I think is fantastic. I run, I run past the guy twice and suddenly he's my running buddy. Yeah, um, sure. He's, his performance was awesome. And I, and I can't stop hearing him say, I don't want to see that. <laughs> When they show him the evidence of one of Riddler's crimes and it's gruesome and he's like, ah, get it out of me. And it was like tied up. I think that was hilarious. The Bats and the Furious chase sequence with the Batmobile is really technically impressive. It's really exhilarating. Again, another example of why I would like for the cinematography to have been a little bit lighter so we could have seen some of this really awesome um, stunt work from the driving team and seen some of the choreography a little bit better. Um, but this is a movie that had a very specific look and a very specific palette and the narrowness of it again, for me, hurt sequences like that in the film where I'm like, Ooh, I just would like to have seen a little bit more of the, uh, cat and mouse chase, the bat mouse mouse chase of what was happening down this freeway. So we really get a little bit more excitement out of, uh, out of this chase. Um, and not, don't not lose, you know, they did a really good job of choreographing the, things and orienting things between trucks and knowing where the cars were at any one time. But um, that was one where I feel like uh, we could have got a little bit more with a lighter cinematography on that a lighter, not, not sign of, you know what I'm saying? Just like some of the fight scenes, they don't just dissolve into like whack, whack on black type of stuff. And we get it. Um, but yeah, Colin Farrell's performance again, we already said John Turturro, he's good in everything. Yes. I would have liked Robert, Pattinson to have been able to do some more of that Bruce stuff. So he has more range so he can do a little bit more of what we know Robert Pattinson can do really well. And that's the other thing, you know, the lack of Bruce Wayne, you got so much Batman in this movie. Mm -hmm. He's mostly Batman. I mean, again, this is a reverse dark Knight rises. Yeah. (laughs) And for for me, I mean, I loved that, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was like some of, some of the comics come to life in a way that I, I never dreamed. And, you know, I mean, as I said earlier, 
like it's the Dark Knight Detective, and it's more than that. I mean, it's but you never played the Arkham. Did you play the Arkham games? Um, a little bit. What, what I was going to say earlier is that this feels very educated by the Arkham games yeah, right absolutely. down to the design of the games absolutely. and the brutality of the fighting. Yeah. And having played through multiple Arkham games, I really felt like this was so heavily influenced that I I didn't get it. It didn't feel fresh to me. It felt very impressive to me on a film level. It felt very impressive to me on a performance level on everybody involved. Um, but some, But was it new? Well, not so, so, necessarily so, on, on a film screen, it was new. Yes, film yes. Screen, so that, that's, new. That, that's the interesting take is, I mean, this is adaptive work. So is it new? It's new cinematically. Obviously, it's not new. I've been reading Batman comics for, you know, 40 something years. You know, it's not new. It's finally, to me, the realization of what I've always wanted to see. Okay. As for whether or not it's a masterpiece, I mean, for me, it was evocative of the French connection of Chinatown, you know? I mean. But also you have the 90s thrillers like Seven. Yeah. And that's yeah, a, totally, sure, sure. They're heavily influenced by Fincher, you sure. know? I mean, it, to me, it, it's, a, it's a great movie. I mean, when you start talking about things like, well, it's overly bleak and, you know, not enough uh, levity in it. Um, well, it's not a fucking Marvel movie. You know, and that's okay. Um, but that know, doesn't mean it can't have heart. And I feel like it was part of this. I, I, th- I think there's heart. plenty of heart in the movie. I, I think that the idea is that he's so closed off and he has to, he realizes he has to show a little more. And and that's just it. I think is it the that little the journey, boy? Is it the mayor's son? That I absolutely. Think shows some of those sequences? And, and I, I think that the journey is that now he's open to a, he comes across a Dick Grayson and he takes that kid in, you know, because he knows, you know, that, you know, when he sees that, that you know, when he had that connection and he sees that sameness and that he's inclined to do more than just go out there beating people up. You mm-hmm. know? He wants to bring a little boy into his home and seriously lean into that scarring and make him just as health unhealthy as he is. That sounds like a bad idea. I guess it does. That sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. I mean that's <laughs> Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, but let's make sure that's not. I mean, if anything, the value of Robin, which I really hope Matt Reeves tackles, especially if he's like starting things this dark and this hopeless, is what I and what I liked about the end of the movie is that that emergence of hope and the emergence of him saving people. Mm-hmm. He is saving somebody in the first scene. He saves the person on the subway train, but this is. I think he does a ton of helping superhero this is action. The city, I mean, right? so much so in the stadium, like he's all about saving the stadium people. sequence. What I like is that we all have the emergence of another uh, care, uh, superhero as Mayor Wolverine, who just miraculously starts right, healing but, from a sniper but, but, shot. But, 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 <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, wait yeah, a minute. Here's the thing. If, if, Zach <laughs> Snyder, sniper, if, if Zack Snyder had done a tenth of the amount that he saves people in this movie and, yes. you know, Injustice League. Man of Steel. You know, Man of Steel. My God, Man you know? Steel. I mean. Man like, of Steel is where this not saving people is pretty apparent. And. The saving people, especially there at the end with the with the stadium, those are parts where I was like, okay, I think I would like to see where this goes in the sequel. I, w- I think I want this to be my starting place for well, Batman. And, and again, and that's the thing is that is the complete Batman, right? The complete Batman is some random stranger getting shot at. Batman takes the bullet, okay? And it's not something we've seen a lot of. I mean, this movie really, notwithstanding the lack of heart, but in terms of even at this period in Batman's career – it's the full Batman. What's lacking is the extended Batman family. Well, that's next. 
is it? That's something that Nolan did not even attempt. Uh, I mean, and they, I'm not, I'm not counting Joseph. No, yeah. no, don't start with well, me with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt that, stuff. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it was uh, a little weird. <laughs> Robin um, I would love to see Matt Reeves tag yeah, or tackle Robin I, I in, would the love that too. in the next film, especially because too. I think they need it with this really dark area. And, and here's the thing is, you know, and, and they said this, they overtly said this in the comics when they debuted Tim Drake, the idea that Batman gets so fucking crazy without Robin around to ground him that he actually starts hurting himself because he's just so driven. Robin makes him take a second. He has to look after someone else and makes him think more. makes him be a little safer and actually a little smarter because he's just so driven otherwise that he just pretty much get pretty much gets himself killed. Yeah. Um, Geek so Geek Batman is needs Robin. This. There was a really good um, three-issue run. You should probably still be able to find it on the um, stands. And it was Robin and Batman. And it was three issues from Jeff Lemire yeah, and Nguyen. And I thought that writing was really good. Right. It was about Robin early as Dick Grayson you know, Robin. Ba- Dick Grayson Robin. And he's kind of finding his way under Batman's training and he's really finding his own two feet on this thing. And I thought that was a really great Batman story. And Killer Croc is the villain. You got to give it up for Killer Croc being the villain. Um, Let's see. Daniel Campisano, again, Big Yank, says on YouTube, a Bat Family film should have been done with Affleck as an older Batman. But I'm going to tell you this, Big Yanks. I wonder if instead of having a Bat Family movie, if we're going to get an older Batman in Keaton with, yes, we are. But instead of having like, is, is flashpoint going to be, instead of having yeah. a bat family, we have the speed force family with the, with the speedsters with Batman playing that older fatherly figure with the team underneath. I, them. I suspect that flashpoint at the end of it, they're going to, do away with Batfleck and Keaton is now going to have retroactively become the Batman of the DCEU. And he's older because, and the reason I think that is because he is definitely in this Batgirl movie. That's going to be an sure. Max. Right. And I have pretty good reason to think that they're going to debut Nightwing in that as well. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, detective Gordon, hopefully soon commissioner Gordon. Um, they have that, Gotham PD show develop, like they're developing for mm-hmm. HBO Max, and he's yeah. going to probably be a part of that. We'll see if any minor rogues or major rogues end up in that show. I mean, after Peacemaker, HBO Max clearly is like, hey, this is a great place to start telling some of these stories. Yeah. Uh, and they're also doing a Penguin show. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're doing they're a, doing penguin, a show. Carl penguin show. Yeah, and they, they say it's about him becoming. What's not clear to me is, does that mean it's after this and him fully become Penguin, or it's before this and how he got to this point. That's what's not clear to me. Well, I still think that there's a lot of ground to cover. Clearly, like I've stated it on the show before, this felt very narrow in its in its design. And it's very, it, again, like it's a clenched fist watching this film and you're just waiting for the clenched fist to open up. And it only opens up a little bit by the end. Um, and being narrow in, in that design, and it, its potency was high. <laughs> if I didn't care for it, I didn't care for it. It was, it was not the Batman movie I wanted to see, but... I really think it was impressive. But was um, it the Batman movie I, you deserved? <laughs> but yeah, I think it was. I think it deserved to be punished. Um, if they use these HBO Max shows to continue, you know, Oz's story into the Penguin, if they continue to see how the GCPD starts to like uh, course correct, you know, in light of Riddler shining a light on their corruption, by the time we get to the second 
the Batman film. Uh, I think we'll have covered enough ground to really catch up with a Bruce that is maybe further down the road and a little closer to where I'd like to see my Batman start up. And maybe we have enough, uh, him enough down the road that we can introduce a Robin and really he shines light and positivity into Batman's world and gives him a little bit of patri- uh, patriarchal responsibility. And then we can expand into the Bat family. You know, team shows, you know, it used to be where it's like, oh, you add two villains and your your film doesn't work as well. Or you have too many characters, your film doesn't work that well. If anything, for the MCU, and I don't think this should be as light as the MCU, this is the Dark Knight. I think they showed that, uh, you know, in Peacemaker, again, is a good example, or Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn's version. They, they've shown that, hey, with the right writing, you can have as many characters as you want in a film. You just have to balance the plates properly. And if they were to do that with a Bat Family film, I think that we would lose our minds. And I think that it would have a lot of heart and positivity and family to it. Not like maybe like Dominic Toretto's family, but, um, but seeing that in a bat world, I think is the movie that we have yet to see. We have yet to see that bat family. And that's something that I'd like for filmmakers to try and do because it's hard, but I think everything from Marvel to James Gunn's work in the DC universe has shown that we can do this. We can build like weird families and have them have a, dark and positive and exciting and humorous uh shifts um let's see big yanks wants to know if montoya is in got gcpd that'd be a cool place you could introduce characters like the question you can introduce all sorts of stuff in that one uh and he also says that he needs to read up on stuff we know that we mentioned that this movie was heavily influenced by um the long halloween and i love tim sales artwork I love, I mean, it had more colors than this movie did, but, you know, this is definitely Matt Reeves' design. Um, people are loving the score to this movie. I felt, I, di- I didn't, I thought the score was cool. I thought it did the job. No, I thought um, But I, if you put a gun to my head, I don't know if I could hum the theme. Whereas, I don't think I'll ever forget Danny Elfman's Batman theme. There. You know, um, this one, you know, uh, I think it's impressive. It's, it's clearly a good score, but people are really going over on the score. Um, and I would love to see a, like a heroic theme emerge, but you know what? Let's actually have Batman start being a hero that emerges. And I think maybe that thing will rise with him. Um, okay. Ian, we talked about dark, uh, not, I'm sorry, long Halloween, not so much dark victory, the other Tim sale and uh, um, Jeff Loeb book, but w- you know, in Batman Zero Year, I think is an influence for some of this stuff. Sure. Uh, what else? Focus. Yeah. What else we got in this one that if somebody's wa- like watching the movie, it's like, I need a little bit more of that bad story. They go to the comic book store. I'm saying there's definitely a bit of year one in there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have that. Everyone seems to love to do that shot of him going up, you know, the uh, the building with the, you know, the center open and you know, the multiple floors, you know, that's. You got to shoot your way up the middle. Yeah. yeah if he ends up yeah. in like a. Yeah, if he ends up in like a normal stairwell with a narrow one, yeah, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Not going to work. He needs a circular stairwell. Uh, what else? What are some of the other things? I mean, I'm not reading Bat books as much. That Lemire run was There's one There's a lot I, of good Bat books right now. The, the mm-hmm. night is really good. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I like the main Batman book. Um, Detective's actually been leaning heavily into the family lately. Because mm-hmm. they had uh, 
Batman leave Gotham for a bit and the families have been having to deal with stuff. And that, that, that's been pretty good because they actually haven't been concentrating as much on the family in, in the regular Batman books. They've, they've had some family stuff on the side, like the Batgirls book is good. You know, it's literally Barbara with um, Stephanie and Cassandra. So I like that. Um, in, the Nightwing book, by the way, is great. Who's writing that? Uh, Taylor. Okay. It's great. Um, We've talked, I mean, I've talked about what I'd like to see in future installments. We talked about the Court of Owls. I would like to see Batman family integrated in some way. And by the way, I would love to see the Court of Owls with the Talons. And it's honestly a really good way to bring Dick Grayson in. You know, Mm -hmm. it recognizes the Grayson thing of it. And I mean, actually, if you do the Court of Owls that early, you could have Batman doing it to prevent him from becoming a Talon. That could be really interesting. The Talons are their assassins in the court of owls they're their their own weapons uh, and they're trained from birth yeah or trained as kids yeah yeah and and the very first one is a descendant uh, excuse me an ancestor of dick grayson and dick grayson was apparently uh marked to be a talent like he was meant to be a talent as far as they were concerned i remember the gray son and we're getting the court of owls in a video game in a, in a, in, they're the villains in the Bat Family video game that I think Rocksteady is doing. Cool. So, Ian, you got to pick up those controllers, man. You still got to play that Spider-Man PS4. But uh, I keep telling him, Yanks, it's going to be his I favorite played game the PS5 time. for a few minutes, mm-hmm. Spider-Man PS5 okay. game, and I could have disappeared for a week easily. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very disappearable. Um, okay, well, I mean, I talked about where I'd like to see. I don't. I would like to not see continuation of the Joker. It's okay if the Joker is part of a Rogues Gallery. But and like he said that he doesn't have plans to do that, Matt Reeves. Yeah. If he if he goes there again, I, and I, honestly, for me, who I would mean, you like to see? I saw well, somebody let me say, say Mr. Freeze. Matt, Matt Reeves definitely said that. I said, listen, this was not a Marvel Easter egg thing of what's coming next with that Joker ending. It was just an acknowledgement that he exists and he's there, and that's what that is. It's not. It's not promising that's next. Um, as I said, I, you know, I love the idea of Court of Owls, Talon, bring Dick Grayson, and I think that would be awesome. I think that would really fit the tone of this movie and bring it forward, particularly the idea that Bruce Wayne coming into society and maybe even being recruited into the Court of Owls would be a really interesting thing to do within the universe that we see here. As the characters start to get louder, though, as we start to see, like, Oswald Cobblepot become the Penguin. As we start to mm-hmm. see the Riddler, probably if he escapes, actually become the Caned Riddler. Right. Uh, as we start to see these these Arkham Rogues become, or you know, these Gotham Rogues become more and more. Mad Hatter, you, like you know, um, mm-hmm. Mad Hatter and his crazy with all the Alice stuff that could be kind of fun and interesting. How do you do, Mister Freeze? There was a red. There was like a red palette to this movie is there a blue palette to a mr freeze film and we can have these primary colors i think likely do do you want to see arnold back i don't i don't want to see arnold back but somebody um who's the other scars guard who's really good you could have him what was the name of that dude uh uh, there's a couple actors who i think would be fantastic there there's mr freeze alexander is alexander uh, sounds yeah um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just off the top of my head, but I think having some of these latter characters kind of humanize like they did with Penguin. Sure. Penguin's not the whack whack penguin. He's a gangster penguin. Sure. I think way, I'd like to see these. Hush, hush could be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, but does it, Hush it, have it, to be an earlier sidekick? Does Hush have to what? It, it wasn't Hush, just Jason Todd. Don't you have to do a Jason Todd? To- no, Hush was never Jason Todd. It was That was just, you know, the, the fake. Hush is Tommy Elliott. Right, 
I mean, the thing is, right, you it's know, his old and, childhood and, friend Tommy Elliott. Thank right. you for the correction, Ian. And and and, and minus, does, minus five points. Five points go to you. Yeah, it it doesn't matter anymore. But they they did do a version of the Hush storyline on Batwoman. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I what I mean doesn't matter is that it's actually really interesting. For so long, Warner Brothers control the property so tightly, and if they even if they wanted to do something, you know, they were doing something on a show, then they made it go away. I, I suspect even as recently as Constantine on Legends is gone because they're looking to do it elsewhere. But it does seem like with Batman, they've loosened the reins because they're embracing the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, look, they, they certainly don't care about doing things multiple different ways. Green Lantern, they're exploiting a couple of different ways right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. Listen, you mentioned Croc. Croc could be a really cool, interesting thing. You know, I mean, the idea of this or some kind of crocodile thing in the sewers. And I don't actually need him in it so much as he, as even just a, you know, a side thing. or Presence. Yeah. yeah. You know, sure. it's just something he's investigating, you know. But I'd love a croc Easter egg, at least. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. And Daniel K- Big Gang says, are you talking about the Scars Guard from True Blood or the one from It? I'm talking about the one from True Blood. <laughs> the older uh, one. Andrea Hammond says, hey, well, we've got a, a Harley here. By, by the way, there's Margo a third, Rory. the one from Vikings. The, yeah, the one from Vikings. You know, They're all great performers. Uh, Andrea's back and she says, what about Harley? Any cameo? She's awesome, but I don't think we could get a Margot Robbie cameo because yeah, it's the I, one I, from the DCEU. That's and, kind of and, and such a big character there and what she's done is so big. I, I just, I, I don't think you, you go to Harley. I mean, if you do, you yeah. go to Harley way down the line. But I sure. mean, and I love Harley, but I just, I, I don't think that makes sense, you know, in this. Well, Ian, um, you don't feel good. I'm sorry. The, the Riddler poisoned you. Um, I hope that you catch him. I hope you make him pay. I hope that you are vengeance. Uh, any th- closing thoughts on a film that you loved and I found just a little too taut and emotionally inaccessible for me? How dare you? I know. It's all right. <laughs> I just want a big. I just want. I just want movies to hug me back. <laughs> this movie punched me back. <laughs> um, John, 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 Jonathan needs needs the big feels from the movie, and that's not well. About. Ian, Ian, I got to tell you, uh, we're going to get some big feels very soon on this show with you. When we sit down for in a few weeks, uh, we're going to be able to see Marvel's version of Batman in, the, in Moon Knight. We're going to be talking about that. You and I. Moon Knight's going to be awesome. I hope so. I and, really and, hope so. And I suspect that, you know, your long-awaited Morbius is going to give you all the levity you were looking for. Time. We and have listen, another Bat-influenced th- character. Th- that that in movie's not going to be too dark. That movie's going to just that be nonstop be, laughs. That movie's Probably not intended well. that way. And Geekscape is Ian was not feeling, was feeling under the wa- uh, weather when we went to see the, the Batman, so I didn't get to go see it with Ian. But yeah, I Morbius, saw it a couple weeks ago, so. I think the Morbius, you, I really need you to, I need you to be there, man. <laughs> I need you to be there for that nonstop thrill ride. Do I have to hold your hand? Um, I think Justin got tired of my wisecracks during the Batman as it, he should have. Like it was rude of me to say things while he was watching the movie. Cause he I'm liked sure the movie. Um, during the Morbius, I think we should all be wisecracking. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited about that. Um, I mean, I mean, I have yeah. to call it out to you. It wasn't the spirit, Jonathan. Keep, no. that, keep that in mind tomorrow. Ooh, baby. And Michael Luzon was involved with the spirit, wasn't he? Oh boy. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to talk to Michael about uh what do we pay for that movie? 
Yeah, I've taken my pay us back for it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to ask Michael for his mo- for my money back tomorrow when he's on Geekscape. Uh, Geekscape is I got the executive producer of the Batman films, all of them. He optioned the material back in the late 70s um, for film. And he actually wrote a script in like the early 80s that turned into the Ham script and ultimately turned into the, the Tim Burton one. It's a fascinating story of how the Batman movies actually got to screen. But the man <laughs> who was responsible for it is sitting down with me this week. On Geekscape, Michael Islin, he's been a friend for years, and uh, he's going to come over and talk Batman with me. Um, I don't know if it'll be live-streamed, so I'm really sorry about that. I'll talk to Michael about whether or not he wants it live-streamed. Y'all will be there. If it is, it'll be a short notice, because it's tomorrow at 3 p.m., as of the recording of this episode on Sunday, so literally in a day. Um, but if you would like to ask Michael questions, go to the Geekscape Forever Facebook group and ask a question there. I have a post there uh, soliciting questions. It's a great way to get a question asked. I would love to ask your questions to Michael, uh, but we're going to have a fun conversation. He does celebrate the whole breadth of the Batman universe from the funny to the silly to the dark and um, grim. We're going to talk about all of it because I think that this is a very dynamic character. And as much as people say, hey, I know Jonathan doesn't like Batman. Um, I, I don't like Batman being used as one specific tool because he's diverse. He is the dynamic part to me of the dynamic duo that gets even more dynamic when you add robin in the bat family so i want to see more things done with this character um and uh hopefully we will you know it's cool uh so subscribe if you want to hear that episode just in case i don't live stream it okay go to the geekscape podcast on any podcatcher subscribe where we've been free the whole time share it with your friends and dude i like this conversation ian I, I i don't know if you were worried of me coming in and be like no i didn't like the movie don't i didn't like the movie it doesn't really matter if i liked the movie or not the the no i know uh, it doesn't matter if you yeah. like it doesn't like it yeah i want to talk about it, it, it it's never mattered to me if you liked it <laughs> you jerk you came out and called it a masterpiece and but before we go let's name five more masterpieces ian what other masterpieces yeah (laughs) dude feel better uh geekscape is share this episode with your friends and subscribe and we'll catch you on the next geekscape uh love you and hope you feel better dude okay you're listening to the geekscape network